0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms one hundred nineteen, one hundred five says, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path." Good morning, and welcome back to the Source of Truth podcast. On this Thursday edition, as we continue on our study in the Word of God, I want to thank you for joining us again this morning. We will be in psalm chapter 92 here in just a moment two quick reminders for prayer request if you join us in praying for those who are part of our ministry or friends of our ministry here please continue to be in prayer for steve Fow and his family Uh, he will be this morning heading out to the funeral of his younger brother uh, who passed away from complications with covid and so please be in prayer for him it was a very unexpected thing for him. His brother had even struggle with COVID as much as he did and then apparently threw a clot. And so uh, just be in prayer for his family as they go through this. Just uh, It's just an uncomfortable, it's just an, it seems to be an unfair situation, but you know, God's in control. So I pray that you just continue to give him grace. I uh, pray that God will give them grace as they go through this time. Also pray for uh, Pat, Evangelist Joe Kaiser. Uh, he's a, one, a missionary we support, evangelist we support. He works Northeast Vision out of South Rock Baptist Church in New Jersey. He's been a friend of our ministry for many, many years, friend of mine, and tomorrow uh, will be his wife's funeral. So please be in prayer for those two as they they go through major changes in their life and uh, continue to pray for them, and uh, hopefully we can be a blessing to them and encouragement through this time. Psalm chapter 92, we're going to wrap up what we've been going through for the last couple of days is we study this chapter in Psalm, where, again, underneath me, where it says Psalm 92 in my Bible, it says the, kind of a title of the chapter a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. So it's a song of worship, really. As we come to church or they come to Sabbath, we, there's just some great truths or great things that, you know, we want to thank the Lord or kind of just reminders. He starts off with this good thing that thanks the Lord. So we talk about the, the, it's just a good thing to worship and why we worship and who we worship. And then, then we talked about the idea that how, how thy thoughts are deep. But a brutish, silly, or foolish, or stupid man just refuses to follow what the Bible says. He refused to acknowledge that God's got a plan, that God knows what he's doing, and letting him accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our lives. So then he moves on to this section we're going to look at today. And what we're going to see is there's a comparison um, really between, well, first of all, God and his enemies and David and his enemies. But he just talks about this dedication to those who have really committed themselves to follow Jesus. Jesus. They're not what many times we call, kind of look at the ideas, kind of halfway Christians. They're dedicated. Their heart is in this. And you can see that in some of their actions. And so let's evaluate this. Starting in verse number seven, he says, when the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, It is that they shall be destroyed forever. So when it seems like the wicked just, they're coming out of everywhere, they seem to be prospering, seems to be great. Why Why would I want to do right? Why would I follow when all those who are doing wrong seemed, everything seems to be great. Everything seems to be going in their favor, making it hard from the human standpoint to continue to go what appears to be the harder direction. He says in the end of that verse, they shall be destroyed forever. Simply the idea is they grow quickly like grass and they die. So we're going to see this flourishing in life of those who seem to be getting away with things, who seem to be living a life, and it seems prosperous. But number one, ultimately, if they don't change their direction and turn to God, they will ultimately spend eternity in hell. But even in life, ultimately, those things will come, come back to roost in their home. And really what it comes down to is when you choose that direction, and as, it, as Paul said in Galatians, he that sows the flesh shall love the flesh reap corruption. But then he makes the comparison in verse 8, he goes, But thou, Lord, are most high forevermore. The iniquity, all the sin of the world will disappear at some point, but God, you will always be there. Uh, verse 9, For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. All those who are going to go against are going to disappear. Uh, they're not going to maintain. Verse 10, but my horn, this is unique, my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And my guess is if anybody's read ahead in this chapter, this is the verse they've been looking for. Right, the Bible talks about a unicorn. We need to find out what it says, and we're gonna get our great deep theology off of this verse, off of what is the unicorn. So let's let's look, first of all, at the first half of the verse. What's happening is, Um, David is kind of describing to God the difference between God's enemies and him and how the enemies of God, enemies of right, are going to disappear off the scene, but God's going to be there forever. That's where we put our trust. But then he says in verse 10, My horn, he's referring back to himself, shalt thou so God exalt like the horn of a unicorn I shall be anointed with fresh oil now when he talks of my horn he's talking about his kingdom he's talking about the throne that and and we know that ultimately they still call the throne of David that God one day will rule on the throne of David his father his his ancestor so we we know that he's referencing that he's referencing God will bless one day in spite of the fact that so many people are fighting against David and yet so many enemies down to family that are trying everything they can to just just eliminate him from the scene he says that that will stay. Uh, there can be an ultimate prophecy as we talk about it, as ultimately there's a reference that Zechariah gives to the horn, ultimately speaking of Jesus sitting on the throne. And I think so there's a level of messianic prophecy here where he talks about my throne as King David, but ultimately that one day the Messiah will sit on the same throne. So you see this long-term prophecy between the two. But then he references the horn of a unicorn, and so yes i i looked it up i studied it and a lot of unique points of view uh, most theologians most commentators believe that there was a bullish or unique style of animal that probably only had one horn and they referenced it uh, unicorn unicorn literally this means one horn one you know one horn coming out and uh, so it's not necessarily uh, what we see in these magical horses with a unicorn that can do all these amazing things it was just an animal that to this day is now extinct, but in those days was a unique animal that they knew of that was unique in the fact that it only had one horn, and uh, and so he says, he's just referencing that one thing using just an illustration of something that would have been understood in those days. Today it's an extinct, extinct animal, and uh, so therefore it's not necessarily like what we would see in Hollywood TV shows. Uh, Probably massively disappointing, um, but Let's go continue on. He says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. My, uh, my kingdom, my life, my ministry will continue. Uh, we know that he was anointed three times in, as a king in different aspects, and so maybe that's with referencing, or that he will continue to have fresh anointing. Can I encourage you that from the application from us today, the oil uh, is referencing in the New Testament, talks about the, uh, the filling of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's known, he's referenced in wind, he's referenced in fire, he's referenced in oil. In the Old Testament, oil was used to anoint. And New Testament is referencing the Holy Spirit. And so we see, he goes, I will have this fresh anointing, really. That's what we need to really pray for as everyday Christians. We think about church. We think about worship. We think about when, when we go to, you know, he's talking about worship and church and Sabbath. And when we come to church, one of the things we should desire is a fresh anointing. We should desire to come and be able to say, listen, when I come, I want to hear from God. I was talking to our board last night. We had a board meeting and, referencing just, even said this in church a little bit about just, you know, is church really important? Do I have to come? Do I have to do these things? And, and I made the comment that if God instituted church, and this is his plan for our country, this is plan for our time, and he's written all of the new testament to the church right if that's true i think it's a pretty important thing for us to come to then in hebrews he says not to forsake that assembling and i know we can have a million reasons not to show up and at some point as pastors we can say well it's not that big of a deal and i i think we're wrong in that i i don't think we should ever judge somebody for not coming but i think we should persist on the fact that it is important god he instituted, he's the cornerstone of it. This is the institution he's using, and this is where we should be. But then I said something that I think is so true. That places a greater responsibility in a greater way on those of us who are teaching. If someone's gonna come and take up their day to come sit in the pew, I should not just get through another lesson. I should not just grab someone else's book and say, let me read a few pages of notes. I should have met with God. I should have been in the Word of God. There should be an anointing of the Holy Spirit on me in the teaching so that when I come and I teach on a Wednesday night specifically, when we're all tired, there should be an anointing on that so that when you come, there's a fresh anointing, fresh information, a fresh thank you, God, that I learned from the Bible today. It may be something I'm familiar with, whatever, but this fresh anointing, that's what we should want. Now, please don't get me wrong. We can come to church with the pastor filled with the Spirit and get nothing because we're not looking for it or we're not desiring it. But that's what we should desire, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our life that will give us what we need to get through the week or that day or the next rest of the week, whatever it would be. Let's continue on to verse 11. He says, "Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and my years shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me." David says, "Man, I've had so many enemies, but I will get to be able to see their destruction at some point." Verse 12. "The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree." He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, we know the palm tree grows up straight very quickly. Cedar is one of the straightest and strongest in Lebanon, places, strongest trees that can be grown. I know, I think it was in Solomon's temple that's where he got the wood from. Uh, we understand that there's just a strength in this cedar of Lebanon. But let's look at verse 13 as he finishes his comparison. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God, of our God. They shall stand. Still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be flat, They shall be fat and flourishing, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. He finishes this chapter, this worship, this this prayer of praise on a day of worship in the house of God. He says, those of, that are planted, that are dedicated to the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts. They shall continue to bring fruit even in old. Ages, they shall still be used of God. Old Testament time, obviously, that was Sabbath and worship in the temple. New Testament, it talks about church. It talks about a commitment. Now, you say, is, is that big of a deal? You know, we're all the local, we're all universal churches. You know, the word church literally means called out assembly. That's the word of Ecclesia, called out assembly. Uh, when we talk about, he says in Hebrews, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together, all of the New Testament is written to the church and how it's supposed to be done and what should not be done all these different things this is god's institution he is preeminence supposed to be the preeminence we see in colossians he's the cornerstone this is how god designed to influence the world not you know we say well church is not the building no but the church is a gathering it's a called out from our homes and called out from other places. We come together and do we need official address? No, I don't say we have to have an address in a certain building and all that. What I'm saying is we can't be separate on our own, doing our own thing and think we're part of this called out assembly. That's the point. And he's saying those who are committed to what God has instituted, those who are committed to, to instituting and serving and being part of and reaching out and creating more disciples, those that say, I am planted, I am committed to this, they're gonna continue to have fruit in the courts of God throughout their day, they will have God's anointing and they will have God's hand upon them. Isn't that what we want? As he finishes his prayer of worship, he says, this is what we can have and I guarantee this is what we should want. We don't wanna just get through. We want God's anointing, we want God's power. So yeah, we understand that God's gonna take care of his enemies and God's forever and God will take care of our enemies and all of these things. We shouldn't worry about that. We should be planted in the house of God. We should be planted it, 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 that doesn't mean I'm at church every, you know, on Monday no one's here, I'm going to come over and pray. I, I, I please understand, it simply means that I come, I tend, I learn, I grow, I serve, I give, and then I go out to my community as a member of that to get more people and say, as was said to Philip, come and see. It says in Nathaniel, come and see. Right? As one said to an, uh, well, another disciple, come and see Jesus, come and see this. If we could just say that, come and see come and see and that's what we go we come and tell them it's that's the point church is supposed to be so unique and so different from the cares of the world that people come they recognize no perfection we're flawed people but they recognize a desire to be unique from the world different by design and that's one thing we should hopefully be desiring and that and that is a dedication it's a commitment God says listen all these people going wrong their end will come what, where are we going to stand? What direction are we going to go? You cannot sit in the middle and say, I don't know, and think that there's going to be some great blessing from God. I must commit. Draw an eye to God, he will draw an eye to you. I commit to God. He says, you know, he, um, without faith it is impossible to please him, catch him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is God, and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This dedication, this commitment, that is what God is desiring, and that is what God blesses and anoints. Thank you so much for taking time on this Thursday edition to join us in the Word of God. I hope that these truths are challenging. I hope they're encouraging. I hope they inspire you in your walk with God, helping to recognize God is doing something in your life and just keep your eyes upon Him and wait and see how He works it all out. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Continue, please, to be in prayer for the Fowls as they go to the funeral today for the Kaisers tomorrow. And uh, we look forward to the weekend and all that God will do in our our midst on Sunday. And uh, we hope this is a blessing to you. We Hope you look forward to seeing you next time.